This is Brian Croft. Welcome to another edition of Trench Talk, the podcast of Practical Shepherding. And I am joined once again with Jim Sebastio. Hey, Jim. Hi, Brian. We're going to jump right into topic here in just a moment as we try to do. Uh, before we do that, go to practicalshepherding.com. You can find all of our resources there, including a, a shepherd's house uh, information, ways you can come stay at our uh, our cabin that, we, that we're that uh, we partnering with to be able to put pastors and pastor's wives up, wife wants to come, and uh, access that podcast episodes. Also, you can give through the website, the donate page, all those things uh, to support our ministry. We're grateful for you and those who, who listen and give us good feedback. You can also go to uh, to iTunes and leave a review if you haven't done that yet. We do check those reviews. It helps us to be encouraged with the good ones anyways and grow from the bad ones. So please feel free to, to do that. Uh, we want to jump into topic, though, and, and here's what we would like to talk about today. And how does a pastor invest his time in regards to spending time with our people and investing in certain places and people in our church. This could be a really vast topic and conversation, Jim, but but when we talked about this earlier, and you you kind of had a specific focus you wanted to give to this. So would you introduce what that is and maybe give us some biblical framework to have this conversation? Yeah. So I, I was having a meeting recently with a man in ministry and, and his wife, and uh, both of them involved in ministry and in dealing with people. And with both of them, and particularly at this particular time, it was with her, but it led to a discussion eventually among our elders. Uh, <clears throat> she was consistently spending her time with people that are uh, almost emotional black holes uh, of need, where you, no matter how much you pour in, no matter how many hours you pour in, it's, it's like it, it doesn't go anywhere, it doesn't help, they're not ever encouraged. Uh, sin patterns aren't ever corrected, uh, but yet they, they want your time. They feel they need your time. And so what winds it, you're spending a lot of your time with very little uh, dividend in regard to the fruitfulness of your ministry. And Brian, if I were to put it in, in, in these terms, these are not hard and set. This isn't data that I got somewhere, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to state it this way and think in a way it will resonate with many men in ministry, many pastors spend 80% of their time with 5% of their people, and that bears very little fruit. And that is sin patterns aren't changed, growth isn't established, encouragement isn't brought, or you know whatever the case. And it causes a man, because if he's spending 80% of his time with, with 5% of his people, it can give him a distorted view of his ministry, of his effectiveness, of his usefulness, and a sense of his calling. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. Paul, Paul talks to Timothy in 2 Timothy 2 about investing in faithful men. Uh, faithful men will be able to teach others also. And again, I, I recognize that there is something of the, obviously, of pastoral investment and a, a new generation of elders. But the idea is to, to, to spend that time and to give that instruction uh, to what he calls faithful men. Now, I want to be careful in this. I'm not saying dismiss the 5% or the squeakiest wheels and those things. But what I am saying is that very often your healthier sheep can get neglected. Yeah, yeah. And that those who, though they are doing well, could do better and would do better with your encouragement with your discipling, with your being there, actually spending your time with people who are spiritually healthy, people who would benefit from your counsel, benefit from your wisdom, who actually implement the things that you encourage. 
will give us a far better perspective uh, on our, our more balanced perspective and a more helpful perspective on our ministry yeah. and our usefulness and preserve to a degree our joy and our sanity. So that's my that's my basic mm. premise, Brian. Yeah. Let's, so let's, so to, to be clear, just for clarification, you're not you're not encouraging pastors to not spend time with the people who are maybe not growing as much that are struggling in the ways you articulated, but the way those groups of people demand our time, which puts us out of balance in how much time we're spending with different kinds of people. We end up being kind of forced or pulled to spend a majority of our time in those places, and it needs to be more balanced for exactly. multiple for multiple reasons. For multiple reasons. Multiple reasons. So, so that's kind of what we're we're talking. By the way, as a side note, there are some pastors that only spend time with the people that make them feel good about their ministries. And so right. we we right. we're yeah. that's the other side of what we're talking. We're not talking about that today. <laughs> I just want to highlight that this balanced approach is really what we want to to advocate for. So, Jim, let's start with. I mean, how how does a pastor figure out? What that what that balance is, especially when these hurting people who you know are going to take a lot of your time, you don't see a lot of growth, you you get discouraged, but you you know you these are sheep that that God wants you to care for. How do you balance your time around them as well as the ones who maybe are more spiritually healthy, but again would be benefit from your pastoring them too? Right. So I think what you need to ask yourself uh, in regard to the one who is struggling. <clears throat> First of all, am, am I investing this time in them and with them wisely? I mean, and you may even need to change, what's my goal? Because I'm not seeing, uh, if, if my goal is to see change, if my goal is to see um, them turn this or that around, I might, I might realize, listen, I could pour 100 hours into this, and that's just not going to happen. That's just a realistic uh, assessment of it. So, I, so to realize that. You, yeah. you come to realize that and say, okay, so what, what is my goal here? Is my, my goal may now just be encouragement, just to say, I love you. But you might need to say to somebody like that because they could take all of your day or all of your time, as much time as you would give them. Yes, yeah. Is to say, hey, I've got 45 minutes. Or something like that, rather than leaving leaving it open ended. I think that there are folk that we need to say, "Listen, I'm going to uh, I'm going to give you. I've, I've got time, and from ten to eleven. I used to say about some people, and I realize some people from the church hear this. So yes, I am talking about you if you're listening to this. Mm. Now, I would say I don't schedule a meeting with them unless I have another meeting scheduled. And and what I mean that I. <laughs> I would yeah, ensure. So if I'm going to meet, so, so if I was going to meet you, I'm just going to make it, you know, yeah. uh, and, and say, Brian, all our interactions were discouraging. You never took anything I said, and and it was a constant lament and, and just discouragement. And you realize after however many weeks or months of that that this isn't this is really what this relationship is. And this mm -hmm. is a, and you don't want to lay into them. You don't want to lambaste them or anything like that. But you you say yes, I can get together on on Tuesday from ten to eleven. I've got a meeting at eleven fifteen. I'm going to have to leave at eleven. Yeah, and yeah, that way it's, forced, it, it, yeah, it, it, it's it sets to. that boundaries. The other thing that you might do is is try to see if there might be other elders or other people in the church that can help carry some of that load. And you might realize that for whatever reason, you are just ineffective with them. Somebody else may be more effective with them, and you're not. But that ineffectiveness coupled with how much time it takes uh, at times prevents you 
from spending your time or investing in somebody that would really, really would and could profit uh, from that hour or two hours with you. Uh, so I think we need to, again, I want to be very clear. <clears throat> you don't want to be said of you the weak, you know, you did not bind and, and, and the straying you did yeah. not seek. We know we're Ezekiel, called to Ezekiel care. Ezekiel 34, we are call, called to care for weak people. Care for the weak heart and help the weak. Or, right. Yeah, Support the weak, hearted. strengthen mm-hmm. them. Uh, yeah. But what I'm getting at is is the recognition that among that category of people, there are some who, I mean, you're, you're hoping in seeking the straying is they're going to come back. You're hoping in binding up the wounded is that they're going to be strong. There are some that no matter how much time you spend with them, it, it doesn't yield that profit. You're not going to make any more progress. You're not going to make any more. They, yeah. and, and to say to yourself, I, where you realize it doesn't matter how much time I pour into this or how much effort I pour into this, it's a... It's 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 a bucket with a hole in the bottom of yep. it, and you're talking, I'm not going to fill it. You're and, talking about healthy boundaries we have to set with certain people. Yes. Otherwise, they will set the terms that are not helpful for any yeah. of us. I also want to highlight that the one way that this really affects pastors in a negative way, I, I personally experienced, and I've watched for a lot of a lot of different pastors go through, is when we have this mentality as we work with these certain kinds of people in the church that we're we're dissatisfied with our labors with them unless we fix whatever we think needs to be fixed with them. And a lot of times instead of just accepting I've done what I can, yeah. I, I this is this is something that this is a work God has to do with this individual. I have found if a pastor can accept, you know what? I have done what I can. Mm-hmm. I'm going to meet with you. I'm going to have coffee with you next week for 30 minutes when you're saying this to yourself as you're setting the meeting. I'm gonna, and I know we're probably gonna have the same conversation. I'm gonna give you the same advice I gave you two weeks ago. Right. But you know what? That's okay. That right. that is my exactly way right. of loving this right. person. Exactly. But I'm not gonna take two hours to do it. Right. I'm gonna take. I'm not gonna think. So I'm gonna right. set a boundary. So it's it's fine. It's not neglecting these people. Far from it. But it is setting boundaries as you're talking about for our own benefit as well as just going back to where do we invest our time? We are stewarding especially those pastors who get to labor in full-time vocational ministry. Right. Like there's a stewardship of our time that is to be maximized for the whole of the flock. And that's really what you're talking about. You have to we have to be mindful of not just this kind of person, but I would also throw your principle your excellent principle you're talking about here is to stagger the meetings of the people who maybe just want to get together and fight with you mm. or or conflict. Like I actually encourage pastors, look have those meetings. Don't run from them. But be strategic in how you plan them. Otherwise, again, that can also uh, give you a different understanding of your ministry. Yeah, after. don't yeah, don't allow that to be an open ended meeting. I think we, I think Brian, whatever terms you want to use, boundaries or, or, or setting time with that is to say. Uh, I think we all know that there are there are are people in our church who are uh, who want to grow who desire help, who might need a little bit of encouragement, need a little, need some discipling, need someone to come along inside and, and that they will thrive. Mm-hmm. There are other people in that you've invested in for years who no matter how much wisdom or how much love or how much help, they're not thriving. And the level of, and if that, my point is, if that's all we do, if that's all of our time, we're going to have a distorted view of what ministry is, 
uh, and our effectiveness, and, and, and our effectiveness, yep. and those who could thrive are, are not going to thrive. Yep. And so it's a sense of almost triaging and, and recognizing, <clears throat> you know, a battlefield triage of saying, if I pour this into this this one here, this guy is going to survive and thrive and be able to and, and get off. This one, I, I want to. That's a terrible analogy. But you know, are there those that you say, listen, they're they're dying, or they're and and and, and there's nothing I can do. There is nothing I can do. I've done what I can do. I have done what I can do, and I'm going to pray. But it might be again that recognition that somebody else needs to do this, or again, you say my goal shifts from seeing that change affected in them to simply saying, I see you, I care about you. And I will listen to you, mm. but listen, brother, I don't have anything new to say to you. Yeah. And, and unless you start doing what I've encouraged you to do, we're just going to have the same meeting over and over again. I'm willing to do that in part because I love you, but I'm not entering into this with the hope that I did when we began these times. Mm. And you need to understand that. Yeah. So let's shift to kind of practically how does a pastor figure out how to find the balance that you're articulating. So mm. I think most pastors would all agree, every, one of, every pastor has these, these kinds of people mm. in the church. So how does a pastor, how did you, Jim, figure out how to balance how you invest your time in regard to these things? Well, some of this, Brian, is, is fairly new in my thinking, particularly in regard to the more strategic aspect of of investment and so what i have tried to determine to do is i think about who i'm going to get with you know o- over a given week there are there, some of my meetings are maintaining and establishing relationships hey, i haven't seen you in a while let's get together let's talk and, and it's mostly just it's it's friendship it's it's regaining there are others that i'm thinking more like and they've just gotten married, or uh, maybe they have a desire for ministry, or uh, they're a newer they're a newer Christian, and <clears throat> and I realize that I have neglected them because I'm so busy dealing with the emergency situations. And after a time, again, you come to realize that yeah, I could have another meeting. I I could I could meet with this person again all day every day, and it's still going to be at the same place. And you have to come and realize that. That I've, I I want to have a good conscience in regard to my contribution. I want to have a good conscience in regard to my affection for them. I want to lose my affection for them. But to realize that this isn't healthy for me, and it's affecting the health of others. Mm-hmm. And so when I try to get together now, again, as I plan my week, and, and I meet, you know, and I look out on the Lord's Day and think about, okay, this one, this one, this one, I want to see if I can grab some time with them this week. One of them might be the discouraged one. One of them might be the uh, needs. The, the uh, one is it's the keeping up with. It's been a while since we've talked. And then the other one is, and this is where I'm trying to plant more in. I want to get with guys. <clears throat> I want to get with men uh, that I see gifts in. I see graces in, but perhaps would really benefit from the direction of an old man, an older man, uh, old man, older man, mm. who's known the Lord for 45 years or so, who's been in ministry for, th- you know, for a good deal of that time. Uh, <clears throat> and they're going to benefit from, they're going to ask questions or you're going to ask questions and, 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 and you're going to uh, give them uh, good books to read or things to hear or practical counsel with a confidence 
that this one's going to take those things, embrace them, and grow yep. and grow from it. So that's what I want to. Those I, three I, categories I have, are I helpful. I have determined yeah. to try to say I'm going to do. I am going to make more of my proportion. Not not. I'm not going to make that ninety percent of the time, but. <clears throat> That should at least be 30% of my time or 40% of my time uh, as opposed to 5% of my time. Yeah, that's good. So you're thinking in those categories just naturally. And so trying to plan your week around where I need to invest in all three of these areas in some form or fashion. It's good. A couple of things I'll throw out on how I had uh, found this, this balance. Number one, uh, I would bring other people into it. You kind of mentioned that in passing, Mm -hmm. but when I've met with somebody several times and we've had the same conversation and I've given the same advice, uh, I have determined that's usually a good determination on bringing somebody else into the mix. One to see, to your point, could they be more effective with them than I could, than, than I have seemed to be, or um, just to realize that I've already kind of said everything that I feel like I can. Doesn't mean I'm gonna not engage with them and be connected with them, but. Uh, it means that I could probably farm that same conversation out to somebody else. And so bringing other people into that conversation, that, that actually was a helpful way. That person still felt felt cared for. I mean, mm-hmm. you're, you're giving them to somebody who's competent right. and helpful. Um, and so that was that was part of um, finding the, the balance. Here's another thing I'll throw out there. And I think this is legitimate. It's something you haven't mentioned yet. Um, the knowing your capacity. Mm-hmm. So... You, know, you mentioned the three categories, which I think are really helpful to think along those lines. Uh, but there's different level of capacity that we have as pastors. And I think it's okay. I actually want to give permission to pastors. I gave myself this permission later in my ministry, not in the beginning, mm. of, you know what? I, today, I'm not at a good place to where if I meet with this person, it's going to particularly drain me in an unhelpful way. Right. So I need to invest in this person that actually is probably going to encourage me just as well. Mm. And I'm going to set that other meeting up tomorrow when hopefully I'm maybe at a fresher mm. place. So I want to put out there that our our emotional and our mental capacity, spiritual capacity to care for people who are more encouraging or more discouraging, or someone's going to, you know, want to challenge us or criticize us on something that's, that's going to be a hard meeting i actually think staggering those kinds of meetings hmm. based on what our capacity is now uh, you know i always i always get the pushback when we put the message out there don't resign on monday and some somebody usually comes back on the next day and goes yeah what about tuesday can i resign on tuesday you know i mean sometimes these things obviously carry over right so you can't put someone off hoping you're going to feel better the next day and then you're just as wiped the, ne- the next day you sure. got to lay in and press into some those meetings eventually but to be aware of your own personal capacity and limitations, I don't have it in me today to do this. It's okay if I punt, mm-hmm. if it's something I don't have to do today, and I could do in the next day, or I could do later in the week, and hopefully, and knowing it's coming, I can prepare to to do that. I think that principle, Jim, matters in this conversation because it's so. It's I would say it's it's not just you know how you invest your time in thinking about categories percentages i think that's actually a really helpful way to approach it but i would also i would also put out there the idea of of capacity what what capacity do i have today to to really be able to potentially help this maximize and help this person and be able to be present and show up with them i think you have to figure that into the mix wouldn't you agree uh, I do, and, and uh, no, I, I appreciate that perspective. So I think we 
Again, the encouragement is, I think as you're saying, it's knowing your people, it's knowing yourself. Yep. And it is understanding that you know we have a calling, Brian, to be faithful. That's our that's our, our great calling. We also desire to be effective. You know, so we ask ourselves, how can I be how can I be both faithful and effective with this one? That issue of of faithfulness, or of, rather of effectiveness, I think is really what comes into play with some of this. And and when you recognize that though I have been faithful with this one, I've not been effective with them. Uh, is is that something with me? Is it something with them? And does that and that that then alters how I spend time with them? How much time I invest uh, in that situation? Yeah, that's good. So Jim, will you take a minute and just? I know this is something that you've been burdened about and something that I later had to, you know, I had to figure out how to, to find the boundaries, find the balance around this, uh, to, because this can definitely be something that affects longevity in ministry for a pastor, mm-hmm. depending on how. So will you take a moment and yeah. pray for pastors to kind of have wisdom and discernment to find that balance? Father in heaven, we thank you that you are patient with us. We thank you, Lord, that you you never give up on us. And Father, for any of, of your your true sheep who are uh, <clears throat> caught in a morass that they just can't seem to get out of, Father, help us to love them and to be faithful to them. Uh, and Father, we pray that we would be able to do so in a way that that doesn't harm them and that doesn't crush us uh, with discouragement. And Father, thank you for the healthy sheep you've given to us and, and those who do benefit from uh, the time that we give them. And Lord, pray that you might, again, give us help and wisdom in knowing how and when to invest more uh, in those uh, who would benefit most greatly uh, uh, from our ministries. Give us that help and wisdom. Help us to reflect uh, the priorities of your word and your own shepherd's heart, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.